0: Hi guys and welcome or welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host Indira and today I'm here with Sher Tapang. She's a triathlete, PCOS warrior, mother, race director and manager and in this episode she shares how her PCOS diagnosis led her to being her best athlete self. Lots to take away from this and an inspiring episode. Okay, before we get into it, if you've been enjoying the show, please be sure to give a rating and review. It really helps the podcast out and helps me to keep bringing you great guests. Okay, let's get into it.
1: Hi, sure. how are you? I'm doing good. How about you, Indira? Yeah,
0: great, thank you. And thanks for joining me from the Philippines today. Very excited to have our first international guest on the podcast. And so before we kick off,
1: can you introduce yourself as an athlete? well okay my name is sure and i'm from the philippines as you've said and um as an athlete i started running in 2017 and um i got into cycling a year after and then i just started doing triathlon like a year like less than a year like eight months ago and for me um i consider myself as an athlete i am someone who thrives through challenges into sports it's actually um, a me versus me scenario where I continuously push myself to my limits achieve greater heights um, it's like beating um, personal records and things like that it sports aren't just a hobby for me they're a way of life it shapes my character and um, makes me resilient and determined to life that's
0: it yep amazing stuff definitely all the great hallmarks of an athlete there. Okay and you know a few quick questions before we get fully into it. What would you say is your biggest lesson learned from sport or within sport so far?
1: Well for me is always be kind to yourself because being an athlete isn't easy. Sometimes you don't want to train, sometimes you're so motivated. There are days when you train that the results are good, sometimes it's bad but you know you always have you know waking up in the morning doing the exercise routine is a is a good effort as um, as your as, as an athlete and you always have to give your body time to rest when it's necessary yeah
0: definitely rest is kind of the understated but yeah. so so important factor in training okay and what's your next biggest goal or the next thing that you're hoping to achieve
1: well, that would be like a full Ironman. I know it's 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 a long journey, but I would really want to do that one day and maybe run one of the world marathons. That's all. oh
0: nice. I love that. And have you got a
1: marathon in mind in particular? There are a, f- a few one. Maybe the the easiest way to travel to is like Singapore. So I think that could that would be one or Japan.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, that'd be awesome. Okay, yeah. and. What is the number one piece of advice you'd give to your younger self?
1: Well, the number one piece of advice is to embrace failure. Um, Setbacks are valuable learning experiences. And don't fear making mistakes or falling short to your goals. And I think it's a sign of growth. And, you know, that's how life is. You just have to, when you fall, you just have to bounce back. Yeah, I love that. I
0: hope I hope everyone was listening there. Some great advice. Okay. Mm-hmm. And finally, at the moment, what topics do you feel most strongly about within within sport? You can just give a brief a brief overview.
1: Well, sports, for me, sports can give meaning to life, and it's something that I really want to discuss or um, like just inform people how it impacted my life. And at some point, it's so hard for them to understand if you're not really into sports.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. Okay, right. Let's get straight into it then. So for you, how did you start You know, getting into sport and how did you end up in running, cycling and that side of things?
1: Well, um, the funny part is I wasn't sporty at all. In fact, I was a cheer- cheerleader back in college. I did gym sessions in 2014. That was when I got diagnosed with PCOS. I got into cycling and running before I got pregnant in 2016. It was only a month of cycling and running and then I got pregnant. It might be because I was frequently, frequently training then for a duathlon. And um, ever since then, I've always wanted to try triathlon. So after I gave birth or maybe during the time when I was pregnant, you know, there's it always came to my mind at some point, I will do the triathlon. Yeah.
0: Oh, no, that's great. I mean you know, such positive thoughts during that time. Okay, and so that's really interesting there. You mentioned kind of PCOS being perhaps a trigger for getting into exercise. So for anyone who doesn't know, according to the World Health Organization, PCOS is polycystic ovary syndrome. and It's a common hormonal condition that affects women of reproductive age, actually affects around eight to 13% of the, you know, female population. So it is quite common. And so for you, what was your lived experience of that? And how was that a trigger for getting into sport?
1: Well, I was really overweight back in 2012. Like I was really fat. I would, I, I had like size, um, like extra small sizes for the clothing, but I wasn't really like fitting into it anymore. Yeah, And I was really overweight. I was also experiencing severe acne problems. I had trouble sleeping it also made me depressed emotionally stressed and of course I started questioning my work. it was a roller coaster ride of emotions and so um I had to like consult a, a doctor about what was happening and then that was the time that was diagnosed with PCOS
0: oh wow yeah no that sounds like a really tough time of life and you know it must be difficult to be going through those things when you don't know that there's a cause
1: mhm that's correct
0: yeah. Okay. And so once you kind of knew that there was something going on, what were the next steps to kind of mitigate or, you know, find ways to help yourself then feel better given, given the situation?
1: Well, the doctor that I um talked with, um she immediately gave me medications. So I had to take pills for like three months, but it did give me a negative side effect. Like I experienced hyperacidity and I even grew really big like I was obese and then I gained like three kilos and since I'm a nurse by profession I started researching online for any like natural ways of you know um, eliminating PCOS but I learned that there isn't and the only thing that we can do is just manage it and so I did start go to the gym and if you're familiar with Herbalife it's kind of like a diet supplement I did that for also a year and I did um lose weight, but it was not really sustainable. Because aside from purple life is quite expensive for me, um it's not really something that you could be happy doing like for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. Finance is often a barrier we find in, you know, a lot of these things. Okay, and so you know that's really positive and it sounds like you are so proactive, taking some steps, finding some things that worked what specifically for you did you find really worked in terms of you know helping you lose weight staying motivated
1: mm-hmm. well for me it's really like um exercise and intermittent fasting i researched online intermittent fasting it really helps your body go back to its original state like or- original like the homeostasis um, ability of your body wherein it goes back to balance itself from everything that you have put into so it's one thing that really made me lose weight plus doing exercises every day like every day from Monday to Saturday and then rest day is just Sunday that's it
0: yeah that makes sense and you've have you got any maybe key pieces of advice or perhaps some initial exercises to start with for anyone who may be in the same position mm-hmm. as yourself
1: Well, I'd say if you have PCOS, you have to do light exercises first, because if you're doing rigid or really high intense, it would signal your body to still get stress. And then eventually it would trigger everything. And then, um, so a light jog, cardio, like 30 minutes or a yoga that would really help you start.
0: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And yoga definitely always sounds like something that's quite yeah. approachable for people yeah. starting out. Okay. No, that's great. And so I guess, you know, you started off with the aim to find your healthier self, but slowly that's transitioned into something a bit more intense, a bit more serious. When did that <laughs> switch kind of happen? And how did that change come about?
1: Well, to be honest, um, since the start of pandemic, there weren't any races in the Philippines because like, you know, everything everything was gone, like no races, no anything else. So I think there was an initiative in me that I really need to go back running. So it's just a simple run inside the subdivision because you aren't allowed to go anywhere. Um, the next big race that hit in in our local area was trail running. It's like mountain running, so it's not really that it's an open area, so it's not really good for COVID, but you know, it's less um, chance of getting COVID because you are in an open area. So I think that's it. And since women are not really into trail running because it's kind of difficult, there were only a few strong women who who vice for like what we see podium are the first, second, third position. The winners and then since I was a strong contender then it made me train more and so I did trail running for a year and with trail running it's still endurance and I had to cross train my my quads my legs and my hamstrings and then after that one since pandemic was really not really gone it brought back like the normal races, the the duathlon, the triathlon. And so I from one year of doing triathlon, I immediately transition to doing triathlon. And I started training for swim since I'm not really a swimmer.
0: Okay, yeah. And how was the process of coming to swimming?
1: I thought I died. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was really hard. You know, yeah. you know how your mind can play that you're really strong. Like it gives you a lot of inputs that you're really strong, you're motivated. But once you are in the swimming pool, because I'm afraid of like going into the deep, like whenever my feet or my legs doesn't touch anything, it creeps me out. It gives me anxiety attacks. It gives me, it, it gives me on, or it makes me on panic mode. And you know, when it goes to panic mode, your muscles restrict, and then you would eventually sink. So it's a mind game, any race is, or any sport is, that you have to condition yourself to just be relaxed. It was like a six-month process because I did train for swimming for six months. And I really had a patient coach. And my first triathlon is really 70.3. It's a 1.9-kilometer swim. and and, And I did it after like six months of training really hard.
0: Wow. Gosh, no, that must have been a journey, you know. And how did you kind of get past the point of you know having those fears in the swimming pool to being able to swim such a long distance Mm
1: -hmm. you know because I have no choice I already (laughs) registered (laughs) like the power of no choice you already registered I bought myself a new tri bike a triathlon bike a TT I bought that one for Ironman itself so I had no reason to not finish (laughs) swimming it was my motivation because I it was Everything was so expensive and I had to buy stuff for me because I was a beginner in triathlon. So buying, um, swimming gears, um, things like that, it was really expensive. And so I, uh, that is my motivation to really, you know, learn how to swim, um, learn how to ride my tri bike and then make it to a point to get to love running even more because running 21 kilometers after doing swim and bike is really It's really difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, especially
0: as you hadn't been running for all that many years at that point as well. I mean, it's just an incredible achievement. And I think it's really interesting and and great that you touched on kind of the financial side of things, because Mm -hmm. a sport like triathlon is kind of known for being quite expensive. There is a lot of gear. There is a lot of equipment. How did you initially know that, yes, I do want to make this investment? You know, this is the right the right steps for me.
1: Well, I've had some friends who are into triathlon since like maybe three to four years ago. And so they they were really my mentors. And I I had the time where I was talking to them about the things that I need to do before I get into doing the the whole thing. And so since I've been running in 2017, I I already know all the running essentials and I already have it. So the cycling part, I bought it in like pandemic season in 2019. And in, I think the only thing that I was supposed to buy on 2020 or like this year before Ironman was like my swimming gears and with my husband's health and my job, and I would be able to, to support myself with this, you know, passion and hobby that it's really, even though it's really expensive. Yeah. And was it worth it? Yes, of course. The experience was really worth it. It's a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And you know, the struggles and the challenges that you were able to like to able to complete, even though you were struggling, you had the 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 will to finish it, to complete everything. It's it has this sense of fulfillment that you were able to do it and you were strong enough to do it. And and I think everyone can do it.
0: Yeah. No, some inspiring words there for sure. And just to kind of take things back a little bit, you mentioned that you got pregnant in, was it 2017? 2016. And I gave birth in 2017. Oh, right. Okay. So, you know, coming back from having a baby, you then went on to do this pretty quickly. So what was the journey and experience of, you know, getting pregnant, giving birth and reintegrating back into sport like
1: It was really hard during the time when I was pregnant. I did not do any physical activities. And mind you, it was actually a sad experience because, you know, I lost weight in 2013 to 2015. And I grew back when I was pregnant. Like I gained like 20 kilos or 40 pounds. Yeah, And um, going back to training after that, I was like 72 kilograms. I was really heavy. So it took me a year to go back to doing um physical exercise, but I did like six months of diet. I did study the intermittent fasting, um went ahead and did calorie deficit so that my weight would uh, go down. Yeah. And maybe I was like 55 kilograms when I started running back again in 2000, um, end of, oh, no, end of 2018. Because that's okay. like one year after I gave birth.
0: Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, it is something that so, so many women struggle with and it really is difficult, especially after you've put in the effort, you know, you've lost weight and then you kind of, how did it feel to be back at the point where maybe you'd worked so hard to come from?
1: Well, it, I was really happy. My husband is really supportive with everything I do. Um, He did saw me when I'm kind of depressed, like I'm emotionally down when I, when I'm so fat like I think my motivation also was like I can't really dress up I don't feel beautiful I look like um you know it's it's not really me so he was really persist- persistent and supportive enough to like give me some time to work out for myself like wake me up early in the morning because it was a struggle to wake up in the morning um gave me like an hour or so to jog and you know in- family support or your partner support is really crucial at at that moment after you you've given birth and go back to your usual state
0: yeah absolutely and for anyone else who's kind of looking to do a similar thing maybe they're also overweight at this time what is your kind of biggest piece of advice to being able to achieve consistency and do you think it's mainly attributed to diet or exercise or a combination of the two
1: I think I think both but I think one thing that you should consider, like a major thing that you should consider is your will, your willpower to, because it's, I think for me, it's not the first day that it's crucial. Like you start your fitness journey. Day one is not the crucial, but I think it's the day two, three, four, and five. Because on day one, you'll be putting out all your effort, um, exercising maybe like two hours because you're so motivated. But the next day you'll feel all the body sores and the body aches. So the question is, would you still go back to what you were doing? So another quote that I really wanted to share was like, be strong than your strongest excuse. Because you can very much gather all the excuse that you have. Um, My husband also teaches running. So he's a running coach. And so what we always say to our students is that once you get into this program, there's no excuse. The next thing that you have to do is show up like, show up every day because it's not something that we can instill to you it's not something that we can push you because we don't live in the same house so your willpower aside from the diet and exercise your will to do this is the main ingredient to like totally um crushing the the fitness journey
0: yeah no amazing stuff there absolutely love that quote as well And I guess for you, you know what what goes through your mind then on a difficult day or a day when maybe motivation is low. You know how do you Mm -hmm. keep your keep your spirits up and get out there?
1: Well, well, that's really a good question because at some point in my seventy point three um journey, I have this month long um workout plan given to me by my coach, and it's like what we call this, like um. You work out in a day during daytime and then you work out in the afternoon. And at some point, maybe the first two months was really crucial because the, the load of the exercise is not really, um, it's new to me, it's new to my body. So there are times that I'm really super tired to do those things that he wants me to do. So what I have in mind or what I keep telling myself is not to look at the days of the entire week or the workout of the entire week, um, do the workout today what's essential to do today and then thank yourself or appreciate yourself for doing that and then tomorrow again is another day like doing small wins or appreciating small steps appreciating small wins because if you look at the big picture and that would really scare you like doing the entire thing with all the body source and the body aches so It all goes back to the one thing that I, the lesson that I've learned that to be kind to yourself and you celebrate small wins by celebrating each exercise, celebrating the exercise that you ought to do today and telling your coach that, hey, I did this and whatever the result is, that's fine. Because, you know, you have good days, you have bad days as an athlete
0: yeah absolutely that's so true you know it really is about taking those small wins focusing oh, yeah. on the now and yeah being kind to yourself absolutely you know some really great stuff there and I guess a final kind of thought on the coming back from you know giving birth side of things did it feel any different I mean now you've got a kid as well you know mm-hmm. how how was balancing that and that was your mindset and and you know physical I guess maybe strength different at all in any way
1: Well, to be honest, you know my husband is really hands on with our child. At some point, he did when I was training for Ironman. I I talk about him about my schedule, and then he immediately told me that you can go ahead and train, do the training. I I thought I told him that the exercises or the training was really rigid or it's very hard. So at some point, I would be really tired, and he totally supported my decision to join. And so there are days that he or he will take care of our child, bring her to school, change her clothes. So it's it's actually something that you join something like this. You you should talk to your partner, or any family support that you have around you. So just to set them the right expectation that you you can't be you can't be your usual self, like all energetic because at some point after my training, then I would go to sleep. But he's really very supportive to everything I do. And I'm really thankful for having him. Him by my
0: side. Yeah. Well, he sounds like he's been an amazing guy for you. So, you no, know, that's so great to hear. And I guess to move a little bit more down, I guess, female specific line, you mentioned a little while back that there were less women, you know, mm-hmm. w- with the trail running. And I guess, you know, pregnancy is a large part and mm-hmm. being a mum is a large part of a lot of women's lives. What do you think are some of the key reasons why there may be less women in sport or in kind of the endurance sport specifically?
1: maybe because of um maybe women doesn't have enough time to maybe because of duties like she, um, she's a mom or aside from taking care of her child they have household duties and i also think that like the stereotypes like um female run, uh, female shouldn't be engaging in sports or um endurance sports or anything that's really like for example, weightlifting, something like that. And so I think there, there are stereotypes around that or theory that, you know, women can't do something hard or something fast or something really difficult. And it's uh, some something, you engaging in sports, this is kind of difficult because we've, rece- we've been receiving, um, we've been receiving remarks that, you know, I can't really do this. But I think it's just giving yourself time to like, really work out and um, establish yourself around this and not really just doing it head on because you know you can't do everything all at once
0: yeah no absolutely and for you I mean you're a mother you're an athlete yeah you have a job as well how do you balance everything and you know what's your approach to it
1: well I typically block my hours um, I usually do um, a nine to five job and so I should wake up, there is a sense of waking up early in the morning, starting your day at like 5.30, doing your um, workout routine an hour, and then eating your breakfast afterwards, and you know saying hi to your child, taking care of your daughter or, or my daughter. And I think it's actually just like structuring your day, like time management, because we all have like typical 24 hours a day, and it's all just for me balancing everything so that you could do Um, all the things that you need to do in a day
0: yeah absolutely a hundred percent and for you what do you have any thoughts on how perhaps culture could be changed to maybe encourage more women into sport or any thoughts around that and I know that we haven't mentioned this but Cher is actually also a race director Mm -hmm. so I guess maybe if you want to talk a bit about your role with that and maybe any thoughts you've had around maybe female participation from that perspective as well
1: well, it's really my advocacy to inspire women of all age to start um any sports, not really just trail running or engaging in physical activities. Because it's sometimes um in the Philippines when you're a mother, then they would just like picture you as really something someone big. It's something with with the with a body like this, they would somehow think that I'm a single or like um a person who didn't give birth but I did give birth and I'm, I am a mother so I'm trying to break the the notion that you know mothers are um uh, mothers should still have the time for themselves and that includes physical activities or engaging into sports so with me as a race director I've we we've, we've had um the 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 we've had the race we we had I'm sorry we organized the race like a week ago or like two weeks ago and we've had like 400 to 500 participants and with being a race director um it's really a crucial um a crucial job from planning the event like the trail course the race um format and the date we also coordinate logistics like permits and trail maintenance we also ensure the safety talking to local race responder or talking to local medical responders to um to assist us with any medical um services that we need. And it's a tough job, but with you know, anyone, I'm sure that anyone can do it with the right team because I have a team with me that helps me throughout this race um event. So that's it.
0: Yeah, no, that's really cool. And you know, that job, is that your main job, or did that come about through? kind of your participation within the sport yourself
1: well so it's a, it's like it's not really just a, a side job it was supposed to be a hobby because aside from being a race director like in 2016 or 2017 we created this um running community um in in our local area but right now we grew to like 60 people and we are a tightly knit um, community and everyone is involved or everyone loves running and so we we usually go to other places to join um races we usually go to like travel like eight to five hours five to eight hours to race and sadly in our area there's no um event going on and so within the group we decided to like maybe we can do one in the in our area so that we can also promote trail running or you know it's it's something that we give back to the community because we always tell them that you have to run you have to exercise you have to love jogging but or running but what is it for so having an event in the area it makes you want to practice more or prepare for this event and i think that's that's the reason why we we made the time to do this event this trail running event
0: oh, okay no that's really cool to hear and do you think that potentially if there were more events or more races around that would result in there being perhaps more people in the sport or you know how much of a factor do you think that something like that would be
1: I think that would really impact um, if if a lot of races would be happening in the area that would really motivate people to join more to prepare for it and it's something that would be a motivation you know to prepare or to start their fitness journey because um the community or the self fulfillment whenever you finish the race it's it's very fulfilling it it makes you really happy and we really want everyone to to share the feeling the same feeling
0: No that's great to hear and in terms of setting up this group how did that come about and for anyone who's maybe listening and interested in joining how would they go about doing that
1: well, we did uh, lay out a few rules um, or terms to joining the community. We just wanted them to like, do, like just do a virtual run for like 100 kilometers for the first month. The second month is 150 and then the third month is 180. Uh, we, we did that because maybe the person is like quite new to running. And so, you know, the first month is not really, you know, a happy, a happy experience because that would be the time that you'll be adjusting yourself, like a lot of body aches and something like that. But with the three month initiation period, I think that would be um a lot of time for them to really love running running. And so if they would complete those, then there's no point or having them, you know, join the group because I think they they're really passionate enough to join the running community.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And in terms of the group that you guys have created, how's that in terms of gender split? Have you got you know, is it quite even or what's the situation around that?
1: It's quite, I think it's quite even, but there are times that what, since I would be the one talking in front, um, a lot of women would like look up to me and, you know, really want to join the program. And, and so sometimes um, there's an equal, and uh, not really a good ratio between men and women, but, you know, men um they're really keen into joining sports and it would be really very easy for them to like join us.
0: Yeah. No, that that makes sense completely. Okay. And so another thing that I think we definitely need to touch on, you know, considering that you are our first guest from the Philippines, it'd be great to talk a little bit around maybe any specifics to kind of sport and training out there. So I guess to start off with, you know, something that really comes to mind, this podcast being primarily people from the UK so far, the climate out in the mm-hmm. Philippines is, you know, a lot hotter, a lot more humid. How does that impact on training and maybe approach to training?
1: Well, um, I think it would really impact a lot since I think that's the reason why a few people are training for triathlon because in the Philippines, when you do the triathlon, during the time when you do the run, it would be very hot like during the time when I was running for 70.3 that was like 12 noon so I had to run under the scorching heat of the sun and being with that hydration really matters and so part of our training is to do heat training like acclimatize um, like three weeks before the race so we do like 7 30 a.m or 8 30 a.m and then at some point we do the hottest one, like 12 noon, because, you know, our body gets adjusted then. So it, it really matters. And I think that's something that people really hate looking at us, like training under the heat or of the sun or under the rain, because sometimes we still do train even if it rains. So I think that's one factor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you touched on it there, hydration being so key. Have you got any kind of tips or what, you know what have you done to kind of ensure that you stay hydrated during you know such strenuous exercise?
1: Yes, I'm, we do have um, like, like nutrition that we 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 follow, and so yeah. I am currently using like Badass, and it's a a local product from the Philippines. Like say hi to the <laughs> to the pair of Badass. It's really it's really a good one to supplement yourself while you're running or doing heavy exercises or this triathlon it all has the nutrients that we need like carbohydrates um sodium so that we don't get cramps during the um during the event and so there's quite a number or there's quite a calculation on how much of the 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 product itself that you need to take and how much water because you know you need to balance it out and so that's one thing that um runners are triathletes should consider that proper nutrition is key to surviving this endurance race like for any endurance race
0: yeah definitely absolutely no really it's essential to get the right nutrition and you know you also mentioned the running part being at 12 and I have to say I I was Mm -hmm. in Singapore for a bit and I do have memories of running these 5ks and it was always 12 at noon and I'm like really of all the hours in the day um (laughs) (laughs) do you um have any thoughts around why so often you know the running does end up being at 12 noon as opposed to maybe a little bit earlier or a little bit later
1: i'm not really sure about um your experience with um in singapore but usually our run right here it starts early in the morning like as early as 4 a.m when you run the 10 kilometers or 2 a.m when you run the 21 kilometers it's just that with the triathlon you swim first that's it starts at 6 a.m and then you do the bike which is 90 kilometers and it will take you roughly like four hours and that's why during the middle of the day like 11 or 12 the run begins for 21 kilometers and it usually takes you like two to three hours
0: okay that makes sense wow 2 a.m that is an early start yes. <laughs> yes, yes that's right <laughs> how how do you prepare for a 2 a.m or 4 a.m
1: start you don't sleep <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Well, we sleep really early, like um, like seven a uh, seven p.m. rather. Like, yeah. Maybe maybe I would sleep because that's super early. Maybe I sleep at eight to nine. Yeah. For me, getting like three hours or four hours of sleep is is totally fine. Okay. Um, it makes me energized. Maybe on 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 the run, um, on the race the next day, but I cause I've been doing that for like three to four years, so I'm. I'm really I'm really my my body has adjusted to that kind of you know timing.
0: Wow so you're one of those people who can survive on you know the three to four mm-hmm. hours sleep. Yes yes that's right.
1: <laughs> that's cool that must
0: that must come in handy when you're trying to fit in you know double sessions and stuff like that. Yes. Yep. Yes that's okay. right.
1: The power of power now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and in terms of I guess training then and you know the weather being a factor Do you think that that's something that maybe puts a lot of people off participating in endurance sports out in the Philippines?
1: Yeah, I i would really agree with that. It's one thing, the heat is one thing that, um, it's a negative impact about you know joining endurance races because it means that you train under the heat of the sun, and you know, training under the heat of the sky, the sun gives you uncomfort and you know, discomfort. We really don't want that. Who wants that, right? So a few people only um, understands why it matters and, you know, in the Philippines, we really or we were, we love like light colored skin. It's something that is instilled in us. And so I think uh, even though we should have like dark colored skin, a lot of people here uses whitening products because you know, white color means, you know, beauty and, you know, or a high status. So I think that's one thing because we've been receiving negative comments about you're so dark, but I don't receive it right now because they're really, they they see me online always on Facebook that I'm training. So it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't make sense to commenting about how dark my skin is because I've been training like every day. But for some, they would say that I don't like um, doing that because you know it gets my skin dark or I'll run at 5 a.m in the morning because you know I'm scared of the sunlight and things like that but it's in triathlon it's it's not really the game because you need to do heat training because of how the the event works so the run um, happens at like 10 a.m or 12 noon so you have to do heat training yeah, no, that's a really
0: interesting and you know really good point to kind of mention there, and, and you know it's funny people often want what they predominantly don't have. I mean, you know, Europe. I know at the moment, you know, there's some girls who they won't go onto a start line and, unless they've had a fake tan because they don't want to. They don't want to be too <laughs> pale. So you know, it's it's funny how these things, but they really do impact and they do make a big difference. Do you think that the culture out there is changing at all, and people are becoming more accepting of perhaps darker skin tones, or is you know how how is that?
1: I feel um you know what they have right now, what they talk about right now is I they would comment that you don't have dark skin, you have like um kule atleta or you know a, a color that a color athletes color. I okay. think athlete's color, like Kule atleta, you don't have like dark skin. It's it's an athlete's color. It it's it signifies your um determination to train, your um everyday lifestyle. So I think everyone right now is accepting um how how we we are with our skin because this is this is the normal skin color you know for Filipinos. Yeah. So it actually depends on your perception. Um, I don't have a problem with my skin. If I did, I wouldn't have been training um under the heat of the sun. But my friends are really concerned with you know how the heat damages our skin with skin scan with skin cancer and all of that and so we always like we make it to a point to not forget using sunscreen because it's all- it also matters not really to widen our skin but to protect our skin
0: yeah, definitely you know skin cancers you know that that's a no-go for everyone all around the globe <laughs> yeah. regardless of your beliefs and in terms of exactly. I guess sunscreen use as well you know when you're sweating a lot you're doing these endurance sports are there any specific kind of brands or types of sunscreen that you'd recommend
1: like we usually do with a uv against uv rays and um, maybe a 50 plus um, spf or 100 plus spf so that that would really work in your skin um, and it really can protect you with um with ultraviolet rays because that's really Um, Predominant nowadays
0: yeah absolutely okay no it's you know great to get a bit of that insight and now if we kind of move back to you your journey your story as an athlete you know how do you feel these days you know what's your key mentality motivation you know how do you feel having you know gone through some of these challenges you know proven to yourself that you are such a strong capable woman
1: well, I'm I'm really p- proud of myself these days. Um, doing the triathlon. Um, aside from that, bagging, um, a few podium spots because I've been training a lot these days. Um, it's not the podium is not really. It's it's a bonus. It's a blessing that we can get like get, getting the first one, two, three spots of the fastest female in in my age category or the overall category. But you know, training training really hard it gives you or it makes you sacrifice a lot um there are habits that you have to habits that you have to instill in yourself like waking up in the morning eating a balanced meal um um sticking to your schedule things like that and it requires um effort and determination and it's something that i'm really proud of myself and with the people around me um also i tend to like pass on this, um, discipline, these habits that I, um, that I, what we call this, that I develop over time. And I think that's also how life is that what we do in life pre predetermines what we will get in the future. So if you, what we call this, if you work hard right now, you'll reap it in the future. If you work out right now, then the, positivity of getting healthier body you'll get it in like two to three years or even a lifetime so something like that
0: no that's you know some amazing kind of advice and thoughts there and I guess on a a final note you know how different do you feel now compared to you know the place you're in in say 2012 2013 Mm
1: mm-hmm I feel much more great right now, very much happy, very fulfilled, even though I'm just running because like everybody doesn't understand what we're doing. Um, The emotional, um, the happiness it brings, it's something that I want people to experience. Like we've been talking about or I've been receiving news about mental health lately. And I feel that incorporating exercise changing your lifestyle is one thing that that could change that like divert your attention to something that's really fulfilling because you can't do anxiety like it's a fear of the unknown and you can't really fear what you don't know or you can't really provide a solution of something that you don't know so engaging yourself in an activity that brings fulfillment is one thing that it could um that could uh change your mindset and so Whenever I saw, uh, when whenever whenever I feel someone that he's depressed or she's depressed, I would immediately talk to them that maybe you should like come with us because the community we're in we're really supportive to one another. We're um here to provide you insights on how to start your running journey, to provide support, to be there during the time when you finish the course. It's not really a big thing, but you know the feeling of fulfilling the feeling of accomplishing something that you haven't done before is something that we really want everyone to experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that, that's so lovely. And, you know, would you ever be interested in competing for the Philippines? Do you think that's something that oh
1: my gosh. could be on the agenda? <laughs> <laughs> well, I try really hard to, like, um, give the best... Um, shot every race but it's something that's really questionable because we have like the philippine team training every day being provided by the government but with my age right now i'm really i feel really happy being able to compete with all those young people because uh, recently because i'm um, like on sunday's event i've i've managed to bag the first place for the eight my age category which is age 30 to 39 Yes. and so we've been competing with like a lot of people younger than me and I feel really happy that I was able to get the first place it means that my hard work and determination training hard every day really paid off and it's something that um is quite really fulfilling oh no
0: well congrats about that and no that was great okay. Tira I guess we're coming to the end of the time now But, you know, thank you so much for coming on, you know, sharing your story, you know, so much kind of inspiring stuff to take away from that. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you to Indira. And I really had a wonderful time um, talking to you.
0: Oh, well, glad to hear it. You know, it was great talking to you. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, be sure to rate, subscribe and leave a review. This really helps to get the content out there. And I want to make this podcast the best possible for you. So go follow Fitter, Faster, Happier on Instagram. That's Fitter, Faster, Happier to leave your questions, comments and feedback and for updates and guest requests. All the best for the week ahead, guys. Run happy, live happy, be happy.